Welcome to Governmental Astrology. I'm Linda Rowe. Today is March 6th, 2020, and this is the second time I'm recording the 12th episode in the second season. I recorded the 12th episode, I think it was yesterday, and then I took it down. Um, I took it down. I was too anxious when I recorded that episode, and it showed, so I, I took it down. Um... I was upset that we in the U.S. have been so slow to begin testing people. But later on in the day, um, suddenly the system popped into view, and it seems that the testing has begun and that the states are going to lead the way. In essence, what I'm seeing is that, uh, at least initially, the states have taken control of the virus from the federal government. And the federal government is still seemingly not doing anything. Um, you know, the CDC is, uh, it's really a, a good organization, but they sometimes don't realize when the system's not working. That's what I've seen over the years. I used to work um, not for the CDC, but with them. That was my, my opinion of them back then, and I don't, it hasn't changed since. So um, I would have to say that my anxiety is, is tamping down because the states are on board, and it seems to be that we're finding people with the virus. So, uh, all right. In, in today's episode, I want to reiterate what I've been saying in the last couple of episodes. And in the last episode, I talked about watching the virus blow up. Um, so in essence, what has happened from the very beginning of this virus is that the numbers of people who have the virus inside of them, this parasitic virus that's taking over their cells, um, the numbers are exploding. And um, we were able to watch the numbers more or less in real time and, until the United States didn't test and then they didn't update for two days uh, but now they've begun updating um, the United States part of that worldwide um, CDC map. Um, so I said how this energy of blowing up, of continued expansion, it's the same energy that we humans like when we're talking about our economy, our production numbers, our good fortune our improvement plans at work, everything always has to increase. It has to improve. It has to get bigger, to grow, to expand. Um, and in fact, we often pin our survival on this sustained increase. And that's because while we're on the growth curve, the exponential increase, if we fall down while we're on that curve, we fall in the direction of death and decay. And that terrifies us. And that's because the opposite of the exponential growth curve is a decay curve. Um, astrologically, I've heard astrologers talk about Jupiter in these glowing terms. Jupiter is the planet of continued expansion. Um, astrologers somehow like to talk of Jupiter as a lucky planet and a planet of good fortune because it makes big things happen. And now a steady expansion is different than a rapid expansion, you might say. Um, 
if things are going slowly growing, it's different than if it's growing very rapidly. And I've talked about that too, how the difference between something happening, happening rapidly and something happen, happening in a more measured way, um, it's really the same energy. It's just that one stretches energy out over time and the other one disperses the energy all at once. So in essence, in one, time is maximized and in the other, time is minimized. In one, the rate of energy dispersal is maximized, while in the other, the rate of energy dispersal is minimized. They're inversely related. Time is short, lots of energy all at once. Time is long, the energy seems less because it lasts over a longer time. Um, so instead of eating the entire candy bar all at once, you take tiny little bites over a number of days. The candy bar is still eaten, but in one it happens all at once, and in the other it takes a really long time. The energy is the same, because the candy bar has the same number of calories. So if the energy is the same, but we enjoy it in one direction, and we're completely upset and terrified in the other direction, what is the difference? And the difference is our role. What role do we play with that energy? When we're enjoying ourselves, we're acting as the parasite. The world is our oyster. We are eating the world alive because that's what you do with oysters. And in the other direction, the one that we experience the virus coming at us, um, it's us that's for dinner and the, the virus is eating us alive. So we're the virus's oyster and it doesn't feel very good. But is it, can we really say that one direction is good and the other direction is evil? Because that's how we're portraying this story. We're portraying the virus as evil. But why is the virus evil when it's doing the same thing that we normally do? It, it's... Um, it's the way that we're portraying it. It's our belief in what we're seeing. Um, so I, I would say take yourself out of this good-bad narrative and just look at what's happening and see if you can see what's happening. And so let's, let's go a little bit deeper into the message. We have China, and China has the virus, and um, uh, there is a, a little bit of blame in China, the way that we look at China from the U.S., that um, if they were just different, they wouldn't have this problem that they have with generating viruses. Uh, so we do have a, an energy of blame, but the Earth has no energy of blame. So we have to keep that in mind. That's why I'm pointing out China, because... We can feel like this is a punishment to us, and it's not. Um, however, the energy of the earth does make actions visible. So uh, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing things that we didn't want to see, and we're seeing governments that are doing things that we didn't want to see them doing. Um, and then just as this virus was becoming visible, uh, we had the United States kill an Iranian citizen. And... Never mind who he was, never mind whatever reason you can give for why we used a drone to kill this man. At the foundation of what we did was an energy 
that we, the United States, can do whatever we want to. That's the beginning of what we did. We can do whatever we want to. And then the next thing that we have is Trump declaring that we're getting out of Afghanistan. And he used the word withdrawal. And I've been talking about withdrawal and how we need to withdraw from land, from energy, from ideas that are not in relationship with the earth because that's what we're being asked to do. And so you might think at first that when Trump uses the word withdrawal, that that's indeed what he's doing. But Trump's use of the word withdrawal is not really withdrawal. And in the United States, we have this movie that we like to quote from, at least people of a certain age like to quote from it. It's The Princess Bride. And the quote is, you keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. Um, and so that quote fits Trump's actions exactly. Withdrawal, when Trump uses it, is not withdrawal. And yet his use of the word withdrawal means that he understands very well what is being asked of us. He understands, and yet he does exactly whatever he wants to do. And this is the energy of the authoritarian. And in essence, Trump is using his withdrawal as a spring-loaded action. Trump is jumping off, and in so doing, he is letting the Taliban spring in. In essence, Trump is injecting the Taliban into Afghanistan. And so what is it that's happening with both of these actions? Uh, the killing of General Soleimani in Iraq was an action that was very like a virus. Um, we even we killed him with a drone. The drone is small, and um, it, it sort of latches on to the target, just like a virus does, and then it injects material into the target, uh, killing the target. So with the virus, the... Um, the virus injects the DNA or the RNA into the cell, and then the cell is forced to make other copies of the virus. Well, with the drone, the target was killed in order to get a message across. Um, Trump wanted the message about Soleimani's death to go viral. He was trying to control the message. He wanted it to go viral and to frighten the Iranian people. And in Trump's way of thinking, it makes him more powerful to be able to deliver messages in this way. And so there's uh, not only a viral element, but I, I want you to start seeing that things that are viral are explosive. So there's an explosive element to the killing of General Soleimani. And then we move to Afghanistan, where Trump is acting like a trigger. And... Um, how does the trigger mechanism work in the way that I'm talking about it? Um, you've seen that Angry Bird app, and you sh when you're in that app, you shoot the Angry Bird at the tower, and the, the bird crashes into the tower and it causes the structure of the tower to break and everything falls. So if you imagine that there's a huge rock sitting on top of the tower, when the Angry Bird crashes into the tower, and the structure falls, the rock falls too. And so in this scenario, the angry bird is the trigger mechanism. 
And um, Trump isn't crashing into the structure of Afghanistan. He's crashing out of the structure. Um, but his rapid movement is, is destabilizing the structure. And so it's coming down. And in essence, what instead of an explosion, he's having an implosion. That's what he's wanting to happen in Afghanistan, for it to implode. Um, but what he's giving, uh, he's giving the Taliban unfettered access to Afghanistan. Um, what Trump doesn't realize is that all of these actions are setting up a trap for himself. First off, he fired the governmental people in charge of responding to the global health crisis. At the time, he said that he could rehire them very quickly, but very quickly doesn't seem to be panning out. And um, you don't just get your world-class soccer team together after you've already begun the game. That's not how it works. And um, I am hearing uh, some of Trump's supporters pushing back on this argument that Trump destroyed the CDC, but um, the truth of the matter is that he has proposed defunding the CDC every year, and Congress hasn't voted on it yet. And so by not voting on Trump's proposed CDC cuts, they are participating in the CDC cuts. So it's uh, Congress that is at fault along with Trump. And we can look at the Congress because um, the authoritarian relies on those around him to carry out his nasty business. That's the way it always is. And so Congress and the Senate have largely been acting along with Trump. They've been agreeing with him for his entire tenure. And an authoritarian government is never just about the authoritarian. An authoritarian government always relies on everyone to do what the authoritarian says must be done. So if you're doing what you're told to do, you're participating in it. End of story. The truth of the matter is that we're really all participating in the authoritarian governmental structure. And that's why we have all these authoritarian governments popping up all over the place. If we stop participating, which is all we have to do, uh, these governments will fall. But <clears throat> what is the foundational level upon which we are participating in authoritarian regimes? It's belief. Either you believe that you can do whatever you want to do, or you believe that you have to do what you're being told. This is a push and pull mechanism, and it can take down nearly any structure. The lumberjacks use this push and pull mechanism to cut down tall trees. Humans use this push and pull mechanism to destabilize any form of government that isn't authoritarianism. And we're using this push and pull mechanism to take down the structure of the Democratic Party right now. And it's an amazingly violent way to take down the structure. I would say it's not that I see the Democratic Party as the end-all, be-all, but certainly having authoritarians hacking away at the structure, um, it does nothing to solve our problems. And at the end of the day, we're only going to have more problems, not fewer. So we have these 
Two spring-loaded devices that are loaded and ready to fly. Trump's actions in Iran are one, and Trump's actions in Afghanistan, two. And then we have a whole lot of nothing happening in the United States, uh, although the, 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 the states have taken over. So a whole lot of nothing happening in the federal government. But still, the virus seems to be doing whatever it wants to do in the United States. And um, inexplicably, we even have another cruise ship waiting off the coast of uh, San Francisco. And it, at least this morning, it couldn't land. And so everyone on board that cruise ship was sitting there waiting to get sick. And um, I don't I don't know what happened today on it because I haven't seen the news. But um, the pattern is playing out again. History is repeating. We've been here before. All right, so um, one word on belief before we go on. Um, we're hearing a, quite a lot today about Elizabeth Warren and her withdrawal from the presidential race. And I'm hearing a lot of people wondering why wasn't Elizabeth Warren more successful in her bid? And... Um, I'm hearing people say that we're completely sexist and that America isn't ready for a woman to be president. Um, and actually, I agree with that, but probably not for the same reasons that you might. I see that um, we let our, our beliefs get in the way. So it's, it's our belief that kept Elizabeth Warren from getting very far in this presidential race. Um, we have a system of choosing our president, and it starts out years before the actual election is going to take place. And so um, we have however many people we have running for president, and we spend time ripping and cutting them down, viciously going after each person who's running for president. And um, then we have uh, this system of primaries and caucuses, and we, we run them all over the United States, and uh, the people vote on their favorite candidate. And this um, year, I'm hearing people talking about that you have to vote for somebody that you think can beat Trump. Well, at some point in... Uh, the voting for a president, you should just be able to vote for who you like. It shouldn't be about beating Trump at this early stage. It should just be about who you like. Um, if you like Bernie, vote for Bernie. If you like Biden, vote for Biden. And if you like Elizabeth, vote for Elizabeth. But instead, we had all these people saying, well, you have to vote for uh, who you think can beat Trump. And then we have this vicious drop, um, well, a drop, I was going to say we're, we're really taking each other out with this argument about who can beat Trump. And we have no idea who can beat Trump. We really have no idea. And we're just arguing viciously about this. And, of course, um, we're not sticking a woman up in front of Trump when we just lost big with, uh, with Hillary Clinton. Uh, we somehow forget that she won the presidency. Uh, Trump only won the Electoral College, but um, we, we let our beliefs get in the way, and we voted according to who we believe can beat Trump. 
Well, that makes Trump feel fabulous. Let me tell you, he feels so strong, so fabulous when all we're talking about is who can beat him. Um, boy, he just really, really, really uh, feels good about that. And we're going to stick with this belief all the way up until it's the election. And then we're going to believe that Trump can't get beaten. And so it's, it's going to be our belief that is um, leading the way. It, it led the way with putting Trump into office because when he first started out, everyone was laughing. Everyone was laughing. Um, well, I suppose he has his people that have always liked him, but the vast majority of people were laughing that Trump was uh, going to run for president. And we laughed so long that he really got his foot in the door. And by the time he got his foot in the door, remember he's a, a parasite. So the second you let a parasite get foot in the door, they're there. And he clamped in and that was it. We've got him. So um, we really have to watch our beliefs. We, we can't uh, let them control who becomes president because the belief is always going to lead us to the, to the uh, parasite. It's just the way it is. They're hooked together. And um, so, all right, there's one more little message from today, uh, or for today, I should say. The United States has been reporting on new treatments for cancer. And so let's look at cancer. Cancer is explosive cell growth. So when you get a cancerous tumor, it's because the cells in the tumor are growing and growing and growing, and they don't have any limits to them. That's pretty much all cancer cells do. They grow and grow and grow. Although some of them do with cancer tend to travel around and they look for new spots to begin this uncontrolled growth. And the traveling around when it's a cancer cell is called uh, metastasis because um, they're really looking for places to land uh, like a parasite. So in a nutshell, that's cancer, uncontrolled growth over a period of time together with metastasis. And it's an, it's an explosive um, cell growth, really, because it's, it's always continuing. It's always getting bigger. So this new cancer treatment that I'm reading about, it's injecting viruses into the tumor. So with melanoma, a uh, skin cancer, there's a particular virus that they tend to inject into that tumor and it kills the tumor. And then there's another virus that they inject into brain tumors, so specifically a glioblastoma. And a glioblastoma is a brain tumor that is notoriously difficult to treat because you can cut out every single bit of it and you don't get it all. It's nearly impossible. And so it comes back, keeps coming back, keeps coming back. So they've been uh, injecting viruses into the glioblastomas. And guess what? Um, it pretty much kills the glioblastoma. So... What virus do they inject into the glioblastoma? 
they inject the cold virus. And what is a cold virus? It is a coronavirus. Um, it's extremely interesting. So now we have this coronavirus coming at us. And in essence, what's happening is that the earth is injecting um, a virus into humanity in order to stop the explosive growth that is the parasite so that we can have a chance to establish something different, a new system of government. Um, so as we watch this virus uh, moving around, moving through humanity, affecting the structures, this is why we keep talking about um, our financial system being impacted by this virus because really our financial system must be explosive in some way. Um, and so I'm going to look at that tomorrow. How is our uh, financial system explosive? How does it increase and increase and increase? Um, because that's what this tumor does. It's, it's, um, Putting it's it's tamping down all of the things in this in our parasitic society that want to continue getting bigger. Those are all going to be affected by this virus. So, um, at least I I think that that's extremely interesting, and I I want to watch it happening and see what what happens. Um, as always, I thank you for being here, and I will be back tomorrow. Uh, I think I'm going to try my hardest to do it tomorrow, uh, talk about the financial system of the United States. So thank you very much.